Chapter twenty five of Doom Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Doom Castle by Neil Munro. Chapter twenty five. Reconciliation. Mungo stood in the dark till the last beat of the horse hoofs could be heard, and then went in disconsolate and perplexed he drew the bars as it were upon a dear friend out in the night and felt as there had gone the final hope for doom and its inhabitants an old don ricolor place he soliloquized lifting a candle high that it might show the shame of the denuded and crumbling walls an old don rickel i've seen a better barn in the lothians and fancy me trying to let on that it's a kind of edinburgh sirs sirs if ye canna hay the pudding be contented with the brie annapla i sayin but here there's neither brie nor pudding to think that i'm a treason against the master either interest o his daughter and himsel should come to nothing and that sim mactaggart should be sent away with a flea in his lug ah for the teravay or elassi that canna value a good chance when it offers i wonder what ails her if it's not that monsieur tay in fancy women are all like wains they never see the crack in the old toy till someone shows them a new one well as sure as death i wish my hands o' the whole affair she's deft clean deft poor dear if she can't what i can she may tay some excuse but i took good care o that i do yon the end o a very promising match and the man though he may not think it has his merch in orders the brief bow-legged figure rolled along the lobby pshawing with vexation and in a little doomed to all appearance was a castle dark and desolate yet not wholly asleep however dark and silent for olivia too had heard the last of the thundering hoofs had suffered the agony that comes from the wrench of a false ideal from the place of its long cherishing she came down in the morning a mere wraith of beauty as it seemed to the little servitor shutting her lips hard but ready to burst into a shower good lord thought mungo setting the scanty table it's clear she hasna staked an e all nicht and me sleeping like a peary that's ain o the advantages of being over the uneasy age o love and still i'm not that old i wonder if she's root in the day already she smiled upon him bravely but woe begone and could not check a quivering lip and then she essayed at a song hummed with no bad pretence as she cast from the window a glance along the wintry coast that never changed its aspect though hearts broke but as ill-luck had it the air was the unfinished melody of sim's bewitching flageolet she stopped it ere she had gone farther than a bar or two and turned to find mungo irresolute and disturbed he goed away began the little man with the whisper of the conspirator mungo she cried you will not say a word of it it's all by with me and what for not with you i command you to say no more about it do you hear 
and her foot beat with an imperiousness almost comical from someone with such a broken countenance it's a gay droll thing it's a gay hard thing that is what it is she interrupted him that you will not do what i tell you and say nothing of what i have no relish to hear and must have black shame to think of must i go over all that i have said to you already it is finished mungo are you listening did he did he look vexed but it does not matter it is finished and i have been a very foolish girl but that needna prevent me telling ye that the poor man's away clean gait she smiled just the ghost of a smile at that then put her hands upon her ears oh she cried despairingly have i not a friend left mungo sighed and said no more then but went to annapla and sought relief for his feelings in bilingual wrangling with that dark abigail at low tide beggars from glencroe came to his door with yawning pokes and all their old effrontery he astounded them by the fiercest of receptions condemned them all eternally for limmers and soreness lusty rogues and vagabonds away away he cried an implacable face against their whining protestations away or i'll give you the gird if i was my uncle Archie, i would pit an end to your argy bargying wi hell frae a gun but to annapla it was poor devils it's gay hard to give them the back o the horn and them say used to rougher times in doom what'll they think of us it's sick a doon cum but we moon be hearing seein levies lost their joe and no ither way to clear oot o the bit i'm seeing a tomb girnel and doon beef here lang afore next martinmas these plaints were to a woman blissfully beyond comprehending the full import of them for so much was annapla taken up with her gift so misty and remote the realms of gaelic dream wherein she moved that the little lowland's oddity's perturbation was beneath her serious attention olivia had that day perhaps the bitterest of her life with love outside calling in the evening and fluting in the bower and ever as she thought occupied with her image even when farther apart she had little fault to find with the shabby interior of her home now that love was lost she sat with her father oppressed and cold as it had been a vault even in his preoccupation he could not fail to see how ill she seemed that morning it appeared to him that she had the look of a mountain birch stricken by the first of wintry weather my dear he said with a tenderness that had been some time absent from their relations you must be taking a change of air i'm a poor parent not to have seen before how much you need it he hastened to correct what he fancied from her face was a misapprehension i'm speaking for your red cheeks my dear believe me i'm where to see you like that i will do whatever you wish father said olivia in much agitation cursed she was iron coaxed she was clay i have not been a very good daughter to you father after this i will be trying to be better his face reddened his heart beat at this capitulation of his rebel he rose from his chair and took her into his arms an odd display for a man so long stone-cold but to his dreams 
my dear my dear said he but in one detail that need never again be named between us two you have been the best of girls and god knows i'm not the pattern parent her arm went around his neck and she wept on his breast sour and dour said he no no she cried and poor to penury all the more need for a loving child there are only the two of us he held her at arm's length and looked at her wistfully in the wet wan face and saw his wife christina there by heaven he thought it is no wonder that this man should hunt her you have made me happy this day olivia said he at least half happy i dare not mention what more was needed to make me quite content you need not said she i know and that and that is over too i am just your own olivia what he cried elate no more no more at all now praise god said he i have been robbed of credit and estate and even of my name i have seen king and country foully done by and black affront brought on our people and still there's something left to live for End of chapter 25